Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. What did you think of Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. Uh, it was, you know, it was another Marvel origin story, right? Yeah, no. I mean... Yes and no. It yeah. is, it's very much an origin story, definitely. Uh, but I feel like it definitely... The latter half of the film in particular feels different than the first half to me. And that latter half is what really sets it apart from the other Marvel films. In some ways, I really like it. In other ways, eh. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. There are, it was probably more than other Marvel movies it did strike me a little bit about their need to always be funny. Yes. There was a little bit... I I felt... I think the movie would have been better... Like, I laughed. But I think the movie, it's in general, would have been better served if it were... If there were less jokes and less funny. It's um, not so much the less jokes and less funny as much as they wanted Benedict Cumberbatch... Sherlock... They wanted Sherlock, or maybe more accurately Stephen Strange, to be another Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. He's got the quips, he's got the attitude for the most part, he's even got the conceit. But Benedict Cumberbund is just not the same kind of personality. He doesn't deliver the lines the same way. He does. He's got charisma, but a different kind of charisma. You That's don't true. I want him trying to be Robert Downey Jr. And I think they also, they were probably walking a line uh, from a script and performance perspective between having him, you know, you can have the quips, but he could have just come off like a huge jerk. Yeah. Uh, and so they probably had to walk that line where they have to make it light enough that he doesn't just come off like the, like a prick. And, but also, you know, let him be quippy and a little bit funny. Uh, like I think there was some physical humor in there too, which I wasn't expecting. I thought, I thought uh, British guy Hamburger uh, handled <laughs> the physical humor really well. I but I wasn't expecting it. And again, I don't know if it was. I, I wonder if the movie could have been a little bit better if it was a little bit darker tonally. Um, maybe. I mean, that, that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out, because this does feel... It's different from the other Marvel films, but it also feels incredibly familiar, and not just to, like, Iron Man. This is definitely an origin story similar to Iron Man, in that, you know, Stephen Strange is this wealthy man that has this these big ambitions, these big aspirations... And this big ego, and he has he ends up getting knocked down several pegs, and through the process of trying to gain this, trying to heal himself, really, he learns these abilities, and he he's never really humbled. He's not humbled like Tony Stark gets humbled. He, and that's part of maybe why his character arc doesn't feel convincing. Like I mean. Mm. I, 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 part of what also this reminds me of is Green Lantern, and the funny Never thing, saw it. the funny thing about Green Lantern is, it, and you know what, it's you're not missing out on anything, 
Because Green Lantern was Warner Brothers' attempt to take the DC Universe and make their own Iron Man. They wanted right. to make um, Hal Jordan quippy, comedic, like uh, uh, Tony Stark, and have to become a superhero, but they ended up going too epic too fast. And the first Iron Man's biggest advantage was that it was all about Tony Stark. He had the bad right. guy, uh, Jebediah Stane, like he, he did his thing, but in the end, he wasn't really very important to the actual film. He was just there as a sort of antagonist to represent everything Tony's running away from. But the end fight was on a street. It wasn't like the world is at stake. And Tony Stark, as a result, like, he has so much time. Like, half of the movie is him before or during his time as a prisoner in the Middle East. And then the rest of the movie is him working with that. But right. it's I mean, slow, it, it takes its time. Doctor Strange doesn't feel feel like it does. Yeah, well, I think that's also that's a big difference between Iron Man and Doctor Strange as an origin story is that in Doctor Strange you sort of set up the bigger conflict first and then you develop the character, you kind of get the the meat of the Stephen Strange's character development in um without delving too much deeper into the primary conflict. And then you basically bring... That's sort of the moment... I don't know. It's uh, but it's, it's the threshold, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it literally... You know, he's literally going through a, a door or a portal. and uh, He's literally and shoved the, through one? Yeah. Day? Yeah. He's, he's, I think he's shoved through the, 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 the... But that's the threshold of the story. And now you've brought this new new and improved Stephen Strange into the bigger arc whereas with Iron Man it's really all about Tony Stark and Tony Stark's legacy even though the primary conflict of the film is all about control of Stark Industries and the future of Stark Industries and Stark Industries weapons and everything else so everything he always has stakes whereas Strange doesn't really feel like he has stakes necessarily in all of this until he's just forced to he's basically just forced into having being involved and to some degree yeah I mean he's got a sort of love story that's still better than Thor and Natalie Portman um it's sort of got least, that going on but this is, uh, yeah I guess I they didn't really <laughs> I was it, yeah, it didn't really work work very much for for me. I thought it I thought only Doctor works, Strange and it only works in that they already have a history with each other, which is why again, Thor, Natalie Portman, worst love interest dealy. Okay, uh, just if you're Natalie Portman <laughs> and you know a literal Norse god drops into your lap and he looks like Chris Hemsworth, I mean. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I, I, I don't want to open up that conversation. I don't want to make those assumptions. We'll get emails. We'll, our, our only emails that we'll ever get will be, how dare you assume? <laughs> It'll be from Natalie Portman. Oh, God. 
I did not get a PhD. So that I, does she have a PhD? I feel like she has a PhD. She, she has. Yeah, she's she's pretty smart. Um, she's, she's got something smart. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Portman. Um, yeah. No, but I, well, I think there is a point there to say uh, back on Doctor Strange that he doesn't really he doesn't really mature all that much. He no. basically goes from being. I'm the greatest brain surgeon in the world to I can't be a brain surgeon to I'm the greatest sorcerer in the world. Something like that. (laughs) More or less. Uh, It feels like they try to have too many different arcs here. Like, they Hmm. they have the Obi-Wan character, and the Obi-Wan character, of course, goes away. But it doesn't feel like this is the movie that should have happened. Like, it it feels like they, they pushed him... And maybe that's something we got to say for the spoiler talk, but it feels like they pushed him too far into actually being involved, I guess, is the, is the best I can word it. And maybe it's because they need to rush his involvement in Inve- Avengers Infinity War, which is going mm. to be, God, how many how many characters? How, how all are you going to juggle all that? All the characters. All the characters. I, well... I, again, I have. I think there was. There's a there's some thematic elements without getting too spoilerific, where it seems like there's a fairly large number of of sorcerers who have studied with the ancient one and learned all of the cool, you know, make portals and make weapons out of nothing and all that kind of stuff and channel extra dimensional energy but most of them aren't willing to do what it takes and the ancient one was always willing to do whatever it takes to 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 win essentially to maintain to defeat whatever to darkness maintain to maintain order safety. And, yeah order. and safety and balance and it doesn't seem like very many of the other recruits are willing to do that, but Strange is. Um, and I think that also that's going to tie. I think that's going to that is going to tie into themes in the sequel. I think um, based on the Stinger at the very least. Um, no, I agree. The Stinger actually has me excited for the. Well, I don't want to say excited. Just okay. I, I'm I'm down for seeing the second movie. The other thing I, I've noticed, and this is something I really I've loved about. Uh, the last couple Marvel, um, I don't know what to call it. Films. Ant Man. Ant Man is a, is another one example of this. They've done a really good job of doing at least some scene or sequence in the movie that says, "I've never seen anything quite like that before," um, and I think that's a. Um, I think that's something that when when you're watching, you know, superhero origin stories that hit a lot of the same beat, like, there's the old mentor, you know, he's got personality problems, and being a superhero is going to fix his personality problems, or just make us okay with his personality problems, because now he has superpowers, and that's cool. Uh, And you you get a lot of these same story beats and everything else, but you mix that in with just some... Ant-Man, for example, there was that that was filled. Um, when I rewatched it, I, I appreciated it more. How how much the action was, not all of it, 
but just you know I I can't think of another movie that did that you know what I mean the like stuff like the go- shrinking and the expanding and everything and, right and oh. they used it really well and they made it really kinetic and interesting um, where it could have just been like honey I shrunk the kids or something but the you know they really they really did something with it no I understand I what you mean like my my first uh, impression from the trailers of Doctor Strange was that they were taking Inception and using it as a blockbuster kind of con- like building off of what Christopher Nolan did in Inception and while some of it is definitely impressive I also don't think the director and team are as good at special effects as Christopher Nolan is um, no they I think I think they're not as good at framing it there's one really good shot in that movie um like the 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 shot I'm thinking of I think it might have been in the trailer but it was more impressive in the actual movie when he's flying where, through and there's like the city and everything kind of yeah where he's where he's standing and the city's like folding around him and he's standing on the edge of a skyscraper that's now essentially like horizontal and yeah they um, had a bunch of that in the trailers yeah, yeah they had a bunch of that um but yeah no I can agree that there wasn't there's there are cinematography issues I guess where they're just not as good at is it ILM that's, that is doing the special effects? Industrial Light and Magic, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, well, it's not even just—it's not even just like that. It's also like the compositing and stuff like that. Like I, I don't know enough about how they go about it, but I know that there are some sequences in um, Inception, some of which is just that Christopher Nolan uses practical effects whenever he can. Um, and then there are just also the like matters of being able to composite a shot. So you're trying to find the trick and you can't find it quite so easily in Inception. Yeah. Whereas here you're like, okay, now I can tell where they're on a green screen and when they're not. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't find that too distracting, but I will say there is something too. And I think this might be a criticism of the MCU in general. Is I was watching the it, some of the action just doesn't feel it looks real, but there's something missing from the feeling of it um, in Doctor Strange, and that becomes apparent when you watch the special effects reel and you see how many digital Cumberbatches there were <laughs> in in the movie and how much like wait wow. That was totally convincing, and I had no idea that that was a, you know, that wasn't a, a Grand Moff Tarkin moment where you're like, oh, that's some oh. CGI. <laughs> it's like, when, but, when did this become a PlayStation game? Yeah, but uh, the... I think... But there's something, like, so there's something, uh, there's just something missing. Um, when you have the practical effect, maybe it's because you're forcing... There's a, there's something there's limitations on the the filming when you have a practical effect that put you there better. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not like a special effects and expert and cinematography expert, but I just think there is something to that. Um, yeah. If you're going to compare Inception and Doctor Strange, that 
the Inception effects used a higher level of practical effects and looked more impressive for doing less than the Doctor Strange effects, which were almost entirely um, CGI and there's a there's something missing because of it. Well, it looks like a lot of this film was done on sets with green screen in the background, so mm-hmm. not like full green screen sets, but there's everything was shot indoors, even when it's outdoors, basically. But I mean, that's also just a reality of a lot of filmmaking now. Oh yeah, that's not something I'm going to really. Uh, I said I'm not going to. It's one of those things where it gets, you know, it gets an eight instead of a <laughs> ten. You know. <laughs> Like it's not like it was a it was a detractor from the movie, it's just it's it's something, you know. This seems a square. You go and watch you go and watch something like John Wick, and then you watch Doctor Strange, and there's there's something you can there's something you just feel that's missing in the. It's not it's not just five hundred people getting shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> But you, there's just something about the action that's just not as immediate. Um, and again, I, mean, I think that, that is partly due to that. A large part of it could also just be timelines and schedules. Like, Marvel's going to be on a much tighter schedule than a lot of other films because they need to keep the pace of their movies coming out. So, yeah. I mean, under that extent, I mean, they do pretty well. And I will say also, too, the third act of the film, like, I mean, again, they use a lot of these the, the special effects and everything in this idea of magic instead very creatively and i liked the 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 entire third act did feel different from the rest of the marvel universe and it felt appropriate in some ways so even though there's aspects of it that i'm like oh this is reminding me of green lantern they aren't horrible with it and every, in fact, I actually really liked again. Like I like the second half of the film the most because that's where it feels at least like a regular Marvel film, and feels like it's allowed to be its own kind of a thing. Yeah, except at the beginning, there's some sort of obligatory story beats that you know are coming and that you have to get through. Excuse me. Uh, and so there's, I think that there is some. The first half had kind of. Yeah, I think it drags a little bit. Um, I think this podcast is dragging a little bit if we don't get into some spoilers. Come on. Yeah, it's a spoiler time. So, yeah, I think it's so, spoiler yeah, so time. I, my, hold, on, my, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, we gotta... I was going to give my just... Here's my my opinion, my, like, pros and cons. Okay. Um, again, uh, Eggs Benedict is great <laughs> in the film. Um, I think his American accent is, you know, he sounds like Dr. House, but that's okay because he's a doctor. <laughs> Dr. House, Dr. Strange. Um, the uh, overall, I think there's some, there are some cool action sequences that are, and, and th- there's some things that weren't in the trailers that are really worth seeing on a decent television if you didn't catch it on the big screen. Um, and overall, it's a really good addition to the Marvel canon. If, um, you know, again, not without flaws, but definitely a, a great film. Yeah, and I mean, gen- I kind of line up around the same way. I definitely think this is a pretty, it was pretty enjoyable. As I said, it's definitely a Marvel film. Definitely hits a lot of the same beats, but because of the nature of the character, 
we're going supernatural rather than sci-fi, and even Thor was sci-fi when you get right down to it. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, this is magic. This is fantasy, and that, as a result, it gets a different feel to it. Um, better to come, come, come or bottom. Uh, he did. I actually don't think he sounded like Doctor House. I was surprised at how convincing his American his American accent was. Um, but he did a good job. Tilda Swinton is, of course, great. She's great in just about everything she's in. So, um, great, good cast all around. Good, good choices for the actors and everything. It's, it's fun. It's creative. I think if you're tiring on the Marvel formula, this one might be a nice little fun romp. But if you skipped it on theaters, I honestly wouldn't have blamed you. Because um, I did too, and I don't necessarily regret that decision. So... All right. I don't know, man. The uh, the 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 part where he like where he first gets to see all the different dimensions, that was cool on the big screen. Oh, one I more thing I want to add. One thing I want to add. One thing that I, I I admire the Marvel films for in trying to do a good job of representing the source material. And if you know, if you look at some of these old Doctor Strange comic books, they look like. Like you'd get high, and, <laughs> but and there's definitely they do that in the movie where there's these these sequences that um, that sort of evoke that same thing. Not saying I'm not advocating that you use any kind of illegal substance while watching Jeez, this film. Come on, or <laughs> come on. But I'm just saying they captured that sort of spirit of that uh, like psychedelic stuff uh, in a lot of the scenes, which I thought was really cool. And a way to sort of, again, tie it back to the source material, which I really appreciate. In other words, if you're going to watch this film, watch it in Colorado. So. <laughs> Alright, so spoiler section now. If you guys haven't seen the movie and you want to be spoiler free, this is where you stop the recording. Otherwise, prepare to be spoiled. Alright. spoiled. Um, so first thing I want right, to so, mention. Oh, you, oh. You, you used to have a thing you want to mention. Alright, mine's going to be quick though. Okay, do your thing. The cloak is the best character in the whole damn movie. The, the cloak is the cloak <laughs> is amazing. I love the cloak. I was not expecting that either. I didn't know his cloak was an actual sort of like conscious entity being. And uh, yeah, I I really liked how 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 it how it behaved, how it acted. And it was, it's it's its own character. I like it. It's like the carpet yeah. from Aladdin. Yeah, that's actually that's a really good good idea. It's like the carpet. It. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, what did you want to say? Um, so I was going to tell you. So the the action sequences, the one sequence that that actually I liked better than any of the mirror dimension sequences was the the time the time reversal in Hong Kong. That's what I was meaning about the the third act and everything. That yeah, that was that final conflict. The because a lot of it's not even direct conflict. It's them trying to basically get away from the enemy or get like incapacitate them in some way. That's I mean that is really I it was again that was a, a clever that was the the equivalent and it's surpassing Ant Man's battle on the Thomas train set <laughs> that was like that kind of moment for Doctor Strange where you were just like that was like I just didn't expect that um, except for I did expect the Ant-Man thing because I saw the trailers the yeah, previews. yeah. Um, but that was a really cool moment 
Um, I also appreciated the, the little bit of sort of the subversion at, of the expectations at the end where there wasn't a it wasn't finished with a big epic battle no it didn't that's one of the you're right that's one of the things that I also really appreciated as well is he he approaches goes to the destroyer and basically it's an intellectual it's a battle of wits in a sense and it's amusing it's and that's it made me laugh. The final it's actual just, it's fight just the made me slightest laugh. bit macabre. And I think <laughs> I, I think that's where again because like the, you're building up to this big interdimensional villain. Go, again, goes to the destroyer being, and all I could think of was the big bad in Green Lantern. And I'm sitting there like it's too early for a character like this. We don't want to build up to a villain like this so or already. Why are you? Like, why are we doing this kind of a thing? But. By twisting it around that way, you don't. He doesn't defeat the big giant monster thing. It's still out there, but yeah, I mean, uh, me and my me and my coworker joked about the whole like I've come to make a bargain or whatever like that. It's like, yeah, that's kind of funny. That's 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 really funny. It's really creative, and it's like you know what? I'm going to remember that now. I'm going to remember that more than probably most of the fights at the end of most of the different Marvel films. Yeah, that was, that was, I, yeah, it was, just, it was very creative. It, it fit the character mm-hmm. where he's not, especially as considering he's not the Sorcerer Supreme yet. He's not going to go toe-to-toe with an all-powerful inter- interdimensional entity. He's, he's just a really smart guy. Unlike uh, the other, <laughs> ca- unlike the other characters, he is not a warrior. Right. Because both, both of the, both of his, actually, that's part of the thing. His, um villain in this film and then the villain in the next film they both were warriors that came to uh, the ancient one or at least I believe what's his face was a warrior because he wanted to destroy mm-hmm. people right yeah. I know his family was destroyed but but they were right they were more he right strange came seeking knowledge and healing not power yeah I uh, think they, well they all they all well he he still they all came for knowledge but um, it's just different. Um, well, I think it also it. So that's that's where I didn't want to get into spoiler territory. We're talking about the the sort of thematic idea of strange is like the ancient one in that he's willing to do what is necessary, if even if he's going to cross a line or cross boundaries. So he's. So the ancient one was misused. Well, you could say was misusing um, a connection to the dark dimension to artificially prolong her life for who knows how long. Yeah, and again, though, this is where I I feel like they they shouldn't have killed her off yet. They should have kept her around at least one more movie because we have Strange, who is the selfish guy. Who at first he needs to believe in this stuff in order to heal his hands, which he never does. But he's egotistical, he's proud, and now he learns that there's something at stake and he's in danger. Kind of like he he'll be at the front lines of danger. He doesn't want to be a soldier, he doesn't want to be a warrior, he wants to run away at first. And he's gotta to learn to stand and fight. 
But at the same time, not only does he need to learn to stand and fight, he needs to stand, fight, and lead. That should hmm. be the second movie. That should be, like, th- this should be something where you take your time to allow the character to grow. Because it doesn't feel like the character grew enough to be in the position he's now in. Right, well, but they're, I mean, they are making it. He's not the, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme yet at the ending. He's no. still, there's, there is no Sorcerer Supreme. So I kind of get they were they were trying to put you in a power vacuum, but then also show you that Strange was he's the one who's most like the ancient one. Yeah. Uh, that he's so he's ready to so he misuses essentially you could say misuses the uh, the Eye of Agamotto to you know undo time, uh, which was you know. They were mad. They at mentioned him. earlier, yeah. It's a, right, they were mad at that. him for doing it for you know making an apple rot and then go back to you know being oh, whole yeah. again and all that. They were mad at him for that, and so he just he just you know undid what an hour or something of an entire city that was destroyed and rebuilt the whole city. Like that's obviously a major violation. Of whatever protocols they have for time how, manipulation. How many realities you reset just bargaining with that immortal oh, god being. Right, there you go. And the immortal god being because Dormammu. He's a, yeah, because on, he's man. a god being, you know, because he goes to the destroyer. Um he's not he's gonna be aware whereas the other people aren't. They're not gonna be right. aware that time's really repeating or anything unless he brings them in and um no, I mean, you're right, you're right. And that is where we set up our next character. Where I like I like the the obvious next villain. He, he him becoming a villain because he is a good guy that would have been a bad guy. And he knows this. He knows he's got these inner demons kind of a thing. And he'd rather there be no temptation at all. Mm-hmm. Like he he wants things to be black and white and he see and he feels now that he's been betrayed. I mean, that's a good setup for a second film. That's a good setup for a villain that we can at least relate to, even if we think he's too rigid, obviously. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like it almost, it's like the, um, like the, the fundamentalist who, I, I don't know, like, who really, like, without the restraint, he's gonna go, you know, do drugs and you know, hire a bunch of prostitutes or something like that. Like, that's kind of what I think of, like, a similar example. Like, that's that's kind of the character he is in that he's he's sort of, like, he's seeing the shackles come off and he's not right in the head. Um, more or less. More or yeah. less not right. Um, no, something... But the best, the best scene in the entire movie is the first post-credit scene with Thor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the endless beer. That was that was a really good touch. That was a really good. That touch. was yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that's the best scene in the whole movie because again, I mean that cape, that cloak, the cape, the, the, the great cloak character. Of levitation. Um, this no, the, there's a cloak, cloak of levitation. Eye of Agamotto, Dormammu. Okay, you remember no one. All that. At, no I'm one not, at any point in the movie said by the hoary hosts of Hogoth. Which was really disappointing. But that's another story. I bet it is. That's um, sort of like... It's like the Doctor Strange equivalent of Luke Cage saying, Sweet Christmas. I was not aware of this. So, 
I've never read a Doctor Strange. My only exposure to the guy was the animated film that was on Netflix that was absolutely boring. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I watched that, like... Yeah, everyone was in the hospital, passed out or asleep or in a coma or something. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about it. I exactly. I watched it. It was terrible. <laughs> I remember nothing. Um, no, I mean, my familiarity, I, I haven't read very many actual Doctor Strange comic books, but I've read many crossovers and other things with him. So, so in Infinity War, a touch that I'm hoping is, have you seen the whole... Um, awesome facial hair bros thing. Oh, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch. And was there anyone well, else? No, it's with it's with Tony Tony Stark and, and Doctor Strange. Just the two in, of them in the comics. Oh, in the comics. Yeah, it's in the comics. Maybe where the um, Doctor Strange comes and helps Tony Stark out with a Iron Man out with a supernatural threat, and when they they've kind of finished Iron Man goes to high five he's like awesome facial hair bros and Doctor Strange won't high five him and a couple issues later when they really finish off everything Doctor Strange is like awesome facial hair bros and Tony Stark is you know gives him a high five because they're awesome facial hair bros um, <laughs> so that's what you're hoping for you're hoping that, for this that's the only thing they've got like probably five hours of movie between the two <laughs> Infinity War movies to get me some awesome, awesome facial hair bros. That's, that's, that's all I'm, all I care about. Both movies get five stars, ten out of ten, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes in my book. If they have that one moment, best Marvel movie since Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, the, jumping into a bit more technical uh, aspect actually is. It was kind of amusing that in the very beginning of the film, when Tilda Swinton was making a portal to walk through, and you see she's got the scar on the back of her head, and it's kind of a circular pattern. I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be a visual motif of circles in this film. Ah, you know what? It's a Marvel movie. They're not going to go with a visual motif like Mm -hmm. that. And then they totally did. That's true. And all all having to do with time, because he's got his watch that's important to him. All these portals that they make are circles and everything she had that scroll on the back of her head and he's got the time the, the, the eye of which is eye of Agamotto eye of Agamemnon is a circular sort of green light thing that he it circles and everything and I I'd have to watch the movie again to under to try and really grasp further the idea behind it other than time because there's a lot of stuff having to do with time in this film, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more than just that. Um, maybe, maybe no. Maybe it really is time because... I mean, even think of the Ancient One's final speech about how old she is. How long she's been doing this stuff for. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, perhaps that... And again, it's this, this villain that's you know outside of time. Immortality is what the bad guys are trying to look for. They want to get rid of death. Um, so... It could be that they, they, they wanted to tie this idea of circles and time together. But I'm not sure if it really comes to complete fruition. Like, it's kind of film 101 in a lot yeah. of ways. But I was kind of surprised because normally in the Marvel films, you don't get visual motifs throughout an entire film that are that blatant. 
or that consistent. Yeah, I mean the the best, the closest you get is like a like a Chekhov's gun or something like that. Typically, in in Marvel movies, in terms of you know storytelling devices, no, it's I think that's just that's the most right. it's more character or narrative themes. Like again, yeah. Tony Stark with be you know running away from his past and trying to break his company away from it too. Whereas there's this you know Jebediah stain by trying to keep his company into the old dirt and everything like that is keeping Tony Stark grounded and rooted in all that dirty money. Right. So it's they 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 they've been working with that kind of stuff since the very beginning. It's just also a matter of okay, what other elements do we use to try and tie into the story that we're trying to tell? And Doctor Strange is the first one where I really noticed they had this kind of visual motif going on through the entire film. And I, I, I again like after I first noticed it, I was like, oh, maybe they're gonna do some. Oh no, they're not. It's Marvel. <laughs> No, I definitely see that with... Um, and that was another idea that I was kind of thinking about was um, how much is is Mordo maybe a little bit right? Where how much of the, the problems that are coming to Earth from other dimensions and other things and magical, mystical threats... How much of those are because of someone tapping into this energy and magic and other things? That, in so, other words, the, the, the observation in Civil War that Vision had is being kind of misattributed that all these things are kind of increasing because of the sorcerers kind of increasing right, their power, tapping in right, would would you have would you have the with so for example the the conf, main conflict in the movie so the ancient one has been drawing power from the dark dimension to prolong her life um the Mads Mikkelsen uh what's his name in the movie <sighs> Mads Mikkelsen Mads Mikkelsen uh, <laughs> he discovers this and decides that everyone thinks he's a hypocrite and now he's going to really he's going to gain eternal life from the dark dimension he doesn't actually know what that looks like because now he's a mindless one at the end of the film but so without the ancient one drawing power from the dark dimension you don't have um, I really want to remember his name anyway Mads Mikkelsen wanting to contact Dormammu and all that other thing so that you have these this sort of cycle. So what's what's going to be the fallout from say the manipulation of time at the end of, of Doctor Strange? Is there going to be fallout? Are they going to continue with that theme? Um, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting idea with the, with the cycles. right? So the Ancient One is, is obviously playing fast and loose with the rules and she talks about there's always a threat, there's another threat, there's another threat, and I'm always here to stop the threats. But, like, how much of that is... How much of that cycle is... It's self-perpetuated. Right, is perpetuated by... Right. That you you break your, you break your one rule or something to, to solve problem number one, and then you end up back in the cycle, where now because you broke the rule, you woke something up or triggered something 
and now it's gonna come and now you're gonna do it again you're gonna break your rule again and it's another cycle and you break your rule again and then it's all just gonna just keep on going forever and ever well at the very least what Doctor Strange has done is gives them a source for a big bad villain after Thanos because a lot of people I've talked to have questioned what do you do once Thanos is done with and firstly who knows if Thanos is going to be, like, defeated, defeated. But whether he's still around or not, now that you have all these other dimensions you can pull from, you just opened up, like, I don't, I don't know, like, maybe this big bad villain that makes the bargain, maybe he decides to come back. Like, you, you don't know. Like, there's a whole bunch of things that you can set up with this movie, I think. And I think that's one of the reasons they wanted to bring in Doctor Strange, is they wanted to make sure they had that additional source, I guess. You could pull in... Now Now you can literally pull in from anywhere. Except for if, you know, Fox has the rights to it, like Galactus. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I don't know where they're gonna... I mean, there's plenty of... I mean, there's, what, 50 years of comic books to mine... That yeah. stuff from, but but yeah, you know, there's just true. It doesn't open up a new dimension. Ha ha ha. With uh, I just made the like the bad joke dog face. Uh, the new dimensions to open up with Doctor Strange. Uh, for all of the the eavesdroppers listening in on this conversation, why would you do that? We're having a private conversation here. We're not letting you post it on the internet or something. <laughs> um, you can't see my face, but Chris can. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely more options. I'm assuming we'll end up with something more like a Kree invasion, or or one of those kinds of plot lines. But I don't know. Because again, they're they're probably gonna it's gonna be another we're gonna do Infinity War, and then we do another ten year build up, um, to whatever's next, and then everyone's gonna be too old to play the characters again, and then they'll recast everyone. Assuming the interest remains that long. I mean, right now, I feel like... I mean, I don't know. I mean, the sales are still going strong, even though a lot... Like, I know me and a lot of other people are starting to get the comic book fatigue. Like, we're looking forward to these movies, but, like, they're they're not exciting as they used to to be. Like, okay, yeah, I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, sure, I want to see Spider-Man Homecoming. But, again, like, Doctor Strange was the first one that I hadn't seen in theaters. I skipped it and I mm. don't feel like I lost anything. So well, you tell if, you definitely you definitely missed out not seeing it on a big screen. Sorry. Eh, maybe. But no, I, mean, I, I get I get what you're saying though. It's not and it, well part of it is because we've Marvel has has redefined the like the A list, B list and C list here, right? Because if ten, I was just thinking about this. Ten years ago, um, nobody heard of Doctor Strange. Nobody cared about Guardians Iron of the Man. Galaxy. Like Guardians, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy, Ga- especially. Yeah. So I read the comics. Do you know how many Gar- how many Guardians related comics are running right now? Um, so there's Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they they go back and forth with these different things. But like Star Lords had a solo, Rockets had a solo, Groot's had a solo, Drax has had a solo. But has this um, been since the fi- they announced the film? Since well, in between the first film and now, 
Yeah. Um, and here's the um, thing: they well, ended, they ended X Men, they ended Fantastic Four. Well, not really. Um, I thought they well, did. Fantastic thought they... Four, they have, but X Men, not really. Um, well, isn't it like they have the X Force, but they don't have the X Men directly? I, I'm I'm still behind, but as I understand it, there's I where if I when I catch up, there will be there's still going to be multiple X books. There's hmm. still like four. There's there's still multiple X Men books running right now. Um, but yeah, but just in terms of like Guardians of the Galaxy was like E list, um, and now yeah. all of a sudden they're like. They're one of the most popular franchises. Right, they're occupying as the space where, like, the same space as X-Men or something like that. Or even Iron Man. Iron Man was kind of like a bland hero. Yeah, he had a Saturday morning cartoon on Fox and sort of the Fantastic Four, but neither of them compared to Spider-Man. Even the Spider-Man cartoon did not get the same... Like, people people don't have the nostalgia for that like they do for the X-Men cartoon. That's true, yeah. But I just feel like Iron Man, like Iron Man in particular was like, he was like your, he just wasn't, but now he's like, now I think Iron Man is... You didn't is care about new, Iron Man unless you were into comics, basically. Right. But Iron That's, Man's like the new A-list. Yeah. Like, ten years ago, Marvel's A-list was Spider-Man, Hulk, and Wolverine. Today, Marvel's A-list is like Iron Man, Captain America, like the whole Avengers are like A-list again. They were A-list in 1967. I think Captain America was A- always there. Captain America was always an A-lister, but not like... Well, the thing is, again, like the 90s kind of screwed everything up because the 90s, the X-Men cartoon happened, and unlike the... That's the thing, Spider-Man cartoon did not have the ongoing storylines that the X-Men cartoon had. Yeah. The Iron Man cartoon and the Fantastic Four cartoons, they definitely didn't have the ongoing storylines that the X-Men cartoon had. Right, but the, next, X-Men, the X-Men cartoon came out of 10 years of X-Men being one of the best-selling comic books for More Marvel. than 10 years. Well, I mean, just like that in the 80s through the 80s. 70s um, and 80s at the very least, yeah. Yeah. But no, well, I mean, when you're Carmi- right. When, when, yeah, Carmichael took up Carmichael? I don't know. That's not right. No, I mean, Chris... you're right. You're, you're, you're largely right, though, because, like, I mean, really, the the biggest Marvel comic was always Claremont. Spider-Man. Sorry. Claremont, there you go. Spider-Man was always the biggest comic, but the X-Men cartoon, I think, really pushed it into the mainstream for people our age. And by yeah. time, that's the thing, by time the uh, the movie, the first movie came out, people our age were in high school or they were in college, you know, old enough that they were the demogra- demographic, demographic going to see films at that point. Um, but... No, I mean no. You're right. You're completely right. The, the the current crop, like I remember even Iron Man. Like I, when Iron Man became the huge successful comic book movie, I remember I'm I remember just being kind of stunned because it's like this guy's like nobody outside of the comics, and yet now he's the biggest comic book property. Right, and and my point kind of with this was, this is part of what they're now they're the hurdle they're overcoming. They're kind of they're working on or the hill, the mountain, whatever they're doing. It's a it's a metaphor. It's difficult. <laughs> Is they're taking that's where they are now. They're they're in their like their D list characters right now, and they are. And so we're not you're not excited about Doctor Strange, because why would you be excited about Doctor Strange? Um, I had no reason for any to other be reason that, about for any other reason that. 
you know it's Marvel, and you know they're gonna put together a quality film, and they made a good trailer. Like, but that's essentially the only reason I had to be interested in something like Thor, or even Captain America. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy at least appeals because it's got that cheesy, like, it, it reminds me of an old Canadian film called I Wish the Shadow. Took, they took a Z-list. They, that Guardians of the Galaxy was, they took a Z-list property, <laughs> and they, 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 they did it right, and they made you excited about it. I hope there are and, no comic book fans, because then they're going to be hearing you talk about Black Panther and Captain Marvel, and they're going to be like, what does he mean, D-list? No, no, but listen, listen, no. You, you like... I think about this way. All right. So A-list is like... People that have already been adapted into TV and film like one well, Not just like... like you. A-list is like I could fly to like Zimbabwe with pictures of these superheroes and people would know who I'm like talking about. Um, B-list is like the people that you could walk around New York City and be like, oh, you know this guy is... Oh, yeah, you that's... Think, you don't think people in Zimbabwe are going to know about Black Panther? I don't know. <laughs> You gotta think about this stuff before you put it on the podcast, man. Come on, said, we're gonna I get said, the emails. I said, hey, I said nothing about Black Panther. <laughs> Black Panther is a national treasure uh, for Wakanda. Um, but you think it's yeah, time to start take... wrapping up? I think it's time to start wrapping up. <laughs> no, 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 really, no, 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 like B, B, <laughs> B list is like the characters that like people are gonna recognize, like. Like your, it's not as much. Like you walk into like a guy our age and say, "Who's this?" Oh yeah, it's Cyclops. Okay, like cool. Yeah. Like C list is like yeah, I guess that's red and gold suit guy. Uh, Lady. Iron Man. Oh. Iron Man. For most that's people, Captain Marvel would be blue. For, for most people, for most people, ten years ago, could not have I properly identified Iron Man. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Maybe Captain America you could have identified because, like, what else is I? Like, you just look at him. You, if you tried to make look, up a name okay, for the Captain guy America in the red, white, and blue, was much more pop culture than you're giving it. What's that? Everyone knew Captain America. Even people that didn't read comic books knew Captain America. Well, what I was going to say is that people, even if, with Captain America, at the very least, if you just came up with a name off the cuff for the guy with the like red, white, and blue suit with a star, you're like, I don't know, Captain America. That's it. Uh, but no, you said Ant-Man. Like, who could identify Ant-Man ten years... Five years ago, who could who could have identified Ant-Man? Yeah, and that... And you know what? That's the thing. But the Guardians of the Galaxy like, and I, Ant-Man I had apprehension books. whether they I, could succeed as mainstream read, or not. I read comic books in the 90s. I could not have identified Ant-Man. I could not have identified the Guardians of the Galaxy... Um, so many of these other characters, and so that's but that's what they're up against. That's that's I guess my point here: the the hill that they are climbing and that they are doing a fantastic job of climbing is making us actually care about these characters that were so off the edge that you know Thor, for example. You mentioned Thor as being like, why would you care? About? At the very least, they can play off the whole. As they played off the Asgardian thing, where everyone knows everyone knows who the Asgardian mythology and Thor and Odin and you know Thursday is really Thor's day um and Wednesday is Woden's day because they spell Odin weird sometimes <laughs> you know what I'm saying that there's we've, we've sort of really reached critical mass on that um now my son is 
so excited about Black Panther, you would not believe it. He loves <laughs> Black Panther. He thinks Black Panther is the greatest superhero ever. So I now think that Black Panther is the greatest superhero ever. So we won't even you talk about Black Panther. You cannot disagree with your son. You are not allowed to disagree with your father. You're not, not allowed to disagree with his son. He is cool. They, he had some really crappy comic books for a while, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I read. I went back and read. I, I've been reading the, the current run. Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing. And it's like deep philosophical, political drama. And then you read the old stuff. And he's like on a flying motorcycle, flating a guy on a flying horse. And you're just like, what, what am I reading? That's what like, comic books were like back then, man. <laughs> yeah, that was like 2005, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I do think we seriously got to wrap this up, though. Because we got to play some Destiny, right? Yeah, we got to play some, de- some Destiny. Um, got to do that Iron Banner. I raised my glass to the Iron Banner. Yes. Um... But no, I mean, there, there you have it. Our thoughts on not just Doctor Strange, but on the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. And speaking of Marvel movies, I am seeing Logan tomorrow, which is should be about when this episode is live. So today, or yesterday, if you're listening to it on Saturday. We'll see. But I, yeah, I am seeing Logan. I got my ticket bought already. And I want to see if maybe... I want to see if Deadpool and Logan start are, are starting a trend with Fox, and I don't mean like the whole R-rated thing, but letting a creator do with a character what they want. Because I feel like Deadpool was a risk. They Fox almost didn't do it, but they did it, and they discovered, oh crap, like this is actually giving us a lot of money. So they release an R-rated movie in the winter time, beginning of the year. And it's didn't need to be R-rated. Well, it looks like they're going to at least make it earn that R-rating in a proper way. It doesn't look... It looks like the subject matter is properly mature. Yeah. And so we'll see. I mean, a lot of people have said good about it. And it sounds like it really breaks from the typical Marvel kind of style and formula. So we'll see if Fox learns what Warner Brothers hasn't been able to learn... And what Marvel themselves are not willing to do because they want too, too consistent a tone between their films. Even though the advantage of the early that first run was each of the films is a different genre. And you get that a little bit, but again, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, new genre, but it still has to have that world-ending threat. So, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. As for me and you, uh, yeah, Iron Banner. Iron Banner, let's do it. All right. Peace.